Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is a show all about podcasting, from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray, joined as always by Matthew. How Good you day. Good. Uh, yeah, a fine well. day again outside, it's funny that. But, uh, uh, <laughs> Same it, fine day it was 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> but it definitely is a fine day. <laughs> yes. What, you got, you got anything on this? Uh, close to the weekend, Matthew, anything exciting planned? I really need to get my wife's Christmas present. Mm. Not to date the show, but we're recording this at uh, Christmas. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, so uh, are you good at that or bad? Uh, bad. I'll just, um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be we're, about the bush. We're boys, so we're not good. <laughs> but uh, any ideas then? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on swiftly, this season is all about highly produced podcasting. So last episode we talked about interviews and we have covered everything about highly produced podcasting. So not everything, because we've got a few episodes to go, but we've covered a lot so far, haven't we? Yeah, it's been a been an enjoyable conversation. Um, yeah, it's been good fun. Something that we like to do ourselves. So yeah. hopefully hopefully it's uh, been beneficial. Yeah, yeah. Well it's something we've that. we've I think we've grown a huge amount in this in the last couple of years, eh, from from, I mean, you've been doing audio drama for years, but getting into the kind of more factual stuff, we just started with that a couple of years ago, didn't we? And it was, mm. came up with some good stuff in the, in the UK business startup, but we've improved a hell of a lot since then, I think, in terms of yeah. how we go about it. Not just the quality, the end quality, but like how we plan and produce and make it more efficient. Yeah. I... So, so that's the idea, how to make highly produced podcasts, those kind of layered shows like documentary style or maybe magazine style, or just bringing together a lot of different elements or editing something down a fair bit, adding a bit of polish around music, sound effects, all that kind of stuff to make a really polished, engaging show. And this episode, funnily enough, is all about that, music and sound effects. So we're going to cover how you bring in music, uh, different layers, different actuality, all that kind of stuff to make a really highly produced podcast. Uh, you can find the show notes for this over at podcraft.net forward slash 906 because this is episode 6 of season 9 906 uh, so you'll get all the follow-ups all the resources we're going to mention a few things on this one in terms of where we get our music where we get our sound effects that type of stuff um, so by all means go over to podcraft.net forward slash 906 and you'll find all the details there but let's jump into it so what is uh, what's music for yeah well <laughs> <A> blunt question <laughs> we, we often uh we often semi-joke about this, that um, when you put a really good uh, music bed under anything, it makes it sound really professional. And to an extent, that's quite true. You know, we could just... <laughs> just add music beds to anything, it yeah, makes it sound like, cool. <laughs> we we could record a really mundane conversation and uh, put a music bed under it and somebody would think, that's, you know, a lot oh, of efforts went into dramatic. that. dramatic, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but it's obviously not. Um, and there's more to it than that. But the, the point is, music can really enhance a production. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's one of those things, I think, in the early days when you start using music in programs, you can kind of overdo it a wee bit. And uh, there's a sort of subtleness to it that I've found over time that yeah. sometimes, like, less is more. Yeah, um, yeah. It sets moods, it sets tones, uh, its duty is not to intrude, not to be the main focal point, yes. but to, um, you know, complement the, the content. 
So, um, so you're telling me that I shouldn't be putting a 30 minute music loop underneath my entire uh, <laughs> podcast just to make it sound really cool. Make I it sound bet really it's professional. Been done. <laughs> it has been done many <laughs> times very badly. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's about, it's about enhancing whatever you're doing without becoming distracting, isn't it? Or irritating. It's using it for a purpose, not just going, right, I want, uh, it's a bit quiet here or it's getting boring. So I'm going to put music in the background to, yeah. to liven things up. Um, so I mean, what are, what are those purposes then? You mentioned mood there, so it, yeah. can, it can set a mood, can't it? It can really. So if you're if you've got a say a sad story coming up or mm. a really happy story coming up, you can, can. I mean, is that something you would use music for, particularly? Yeah, because I think like um, well, you mentioned a sad story. Uh, it might not be obvious when someone starts telling a story where it's headed. Yeah. So yeah. you want to it's not i wouldn't say it's a warning to the listener mm. but it's getting them on board with where this is going yeah, yeah. and it's it's helping them to follow the journey a bit mm. so you know somebody could start telling a story and it could end any sort of way like it could be a yeah. really really happy ending it could yeah. be a horrific ending so yeah, yeah um you can use music there to like i say get the listener on board and and sort of give them you know, get them into the mood of the story. So it can inv- it can avoid those kind of jarring moments where you uh, get someone unexpected in a bad way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if you're hearing the the Benny Hill theme tune underneath <laughs> a, a story, it's unlikely that that's going to end in you know a mass murder scene, yeah. you know, a mass suicide or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's about. Um, it's about signposting, I yeah, think, yeah. Yeah, the tone of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So another one, though, is actually exactly what we just talked about, but in a deliberate way, isn't it? Which is the twist or the surprise or something like that. Like you've got a story that starts out, starts out quite happy, quite uh, optimistic, and they're talking, 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 and then suddenly there's a twist. Something yeah. bad happens. And the music does that as well. Like, cause I've heard some really good examples of that. Like the music is quite happy, quite upbeat, but then there's like a big chord change to something much more sinister yeah. or, or there's just a big, you know, that kind of classic sound effect you get where you've got something playing along and then there's like a big twang, <laughs> like strings yeah. breaking or the person just pulling the wrong chord or something like that. And then there's silence and it's just like, wow, whoa, what happened there? It just makes it really, it makes the listener go, what? It's a big, a big turning point moment. And it really highlights that something mm-hmm. big happened here. And I suppose part of that is that you're interviewing real people, aren't you? So sometimes those real people don't, you know, they're not, they're maybe not professional storytellers. Mm-hmm. So they maybe can't emphasize how, they're maybe not getting across strongly enough how happy a story is, how sad a story is, or how big a turning point something is. And music can help enhance that, I think, can't it? It can really, it can turn something that maybe isn't exceedingly well told into, it just shows you it's that signposting again, right, here's the twist. (laughs) Even if the storyteller didn't get it quite right, we're emphasising it, we're really pointing out that this is where it happens. I think as well, like where music could really enhance a piece is if you are cutting between clips quite a lot. So if I've got some narrative, but it's very uh-huh. short. Yeah, yeah. Again, maybe I'm linking together the clips of somebody who the raw audio file wasn't particularly uh, smooth yeah, flowing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of cutting in here and there. And I think a music bed can just help that to flow hmm. a yeah. lot more, yeah. make it a lot more easy to listen to. Yeah, yeah. So just kind of 
plug the wee kind of gaps or the jars, I suppose. So it's not yeah. necessarily emphasizing anything there. It's more just smoothing stuff out. And yeah. then you've got as well, you know, what I would do sometimes is, is leave deliberate gaps where I could fade the music up slightly mm-hmm. and back down. Yeah. Again, yeah. that's something that you want to be careful not to overdo. It's yeah, yeah, one of yeah. those less is more things. But yes. now and then, because like most of us work with music that isn't tailored, it's, yeah. it's pre-composed music, yeah. uh, royalty-free stuff. So when you're looking at a track, uh, there are particular points in certain tracks where yeah. you think, okay, we can kind of we can switch to the music for a few seconds here and just let this bit play out, and then yeah. we could cut back to it. Yeah. So yeah. you, you kind of develop an ear for that over yeah. time, I think. And it, I mean that the purpose of that for me, I don't know if you'll say something different here, but the purpose of that for me is that's emphasis, that's highlighting something, isn't it? That's after a key point. It's after yeah. something you want them to remember. You need it to sink in. You don't just want to be battering on to the yeah. next thing. Yeah, totally. So. They want to. You, you've just said something important whether you're teaching and it's a lesson you want to sink in whether it's a dramatic moment in the story that you want people to go shit that was that was yeah powerful Mm. and you want them to be able to think about it for 10 seconds for the emotions to settle in yeah yeah (laughs) Um, and music can be great for that yeah i i yeah so i think that can sound kind of complicated i think but actually i've I, I know that i've kind of come across a few standard type of templates for that for that type of thing so obviously if you're doing a sort of really highly produced show you're doing it all tailor-made but actually for a kind of a light version almost i feel like so <laughs> this is going to sound stupid but i find that for a quick and easy um version of that you can use this thing that's shaped a bit like a camel right so bear with me here so you you've got uh say you've got an interview and you're doing just the kind of light version of highly produced podcasting which we've talked about already which is basically you've got a a half hour interview that you're just cutting down a bit you're cutting out parts so that you're just doing a 50 minute highlight reel basically say and say there's a point where your interviewee says something really good it's one of the best points of the of the interview um, and you've got, so you want to bring in some music to highlight that. You want to bring in that gap that you're talking about to let it sink in. And what you do is you have the music. So you let the music fade in. So you've got, um, if you imagine, I'm going to try and describe this in audio, it may not work very well, <laughs> but it's, uh, so the music starts at zero. Um, to, to let's talk about the volume being zero and a hundred percent, somewhere between zero and hundred percent starts at zero percent, goes up in a ramp. So it's like ramping up, up to 50% say, um, and it's at 50% say by the end of the speech, but then it jumps up. So there's a hump. Yeah. That's the camel's first hump. So the, the ramp up at the back is the back of the camel. Then you've got a hump at the top and then it plays for five seconds at full volume and then mm. drops down to 50% again, say. So it's still halfway up. It plays for a little while. And that might be where you put in a bit of narrative. You say yourself, you know, uh, that was a really powerful moment. This is what I learned from that. And then once you finish, there's another hump back up to 100%. Five seconds where it sinks in down again to 50% and then a slow fade out as as the next bit of the interview comes in. Mm -hmm. So that's how it looks for me for a really quick and simple transition like that. That's the two hump one <laughs> where you're doing a narrative or you can do a one hump one, which is just, you know, a gap between the interview. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is, <laughs> is that like what you would refer to as ducking, I guess? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 yeah so you've got it comes up to 50% slowly, a hump at 100% to highlight it, but narrative, maybe another hump for 100% and then down again. Yeah, exactly. So you're ducking underneath the voice but you're fading in at the end of the part you want to highlight mm-hmm. um i'm going to try and put a, a screenshot of that in action in 
uh, in the show notes. So yeah, if you want to see that, I'll put a screenshot in podcraft.net forward slash 906. Um, yeah, I can definitely put that in. Yeah, it's just I found that an easy way to think about it. And obviously, when we're spending a bit more time on our shows, we it's not just like that every single time, but it's a good place to start maybe for, for people. I think as well, uh, for me, picking out music, uh, whether it's a dramatised piece or whether it's a factual piece, you tend to listen to a track, uh, you, you listen to the middle of it, but mm-hmm. the beginning and the, and the end of the music are really important, particularly the, the end, uh-huh. because yeah. I don't really tend to fade music out. Uh-huh. Um, I like it. I like the track to come to a natural end yes. in, yeah. in programs like this. So yeah. I'm always very conscious of how things end and where they might fit into the to the speech yeah, um, yeah it's a bit easier to fade something in i think a bit less jarn yeah. and often i'll use music uh, like i won't use the full piece i'll sort of mix and match them a bit uh-huh. um so it's like it's it's like building a, a jigsaw almost you're building a soundscape under yeah you. yeah that makes sense i've seen you do that actually and i've tried it a couple of times as well whereby you I like you say you can fade someone in slowly so it's coming in build some atmosphere but then you so you basically you match up the end to begin with don't you mm-hmm. you say right this is where i want the music to fade out this track has a natural fade out where the co- you know they strike a guitar chord and they let that just ring but mm-hmm. it fades out naturally and that goes great into the next segment yeah. so i'm going to place that there and then i'm going to actually alter the volumes like i'm going to shape the envelope the yeah. volume envelope of the track to make it start at the right place and that's not so important so you can fade that in slowly yeah yeah, yeah you kind of work back back yeah, the way yeah yeah i've actually i've seen you do this and i've tried it a couple of times too whereby you have two tracks so you've got uh two tracks whereby or even the same track you can do the same thing but you just have to do it twice whereby you have the natural start of the tune because often the start of music's really good as well like it kind of kicks in in a really kind of introductory way it builds up which mm. can be really nice and you can have it more full volume rather than fading in. Um, and you want to use the end of it too. So it fades out in a proper way, like you're not artificially fading out. And I've seen you, I'm sure, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but getting the same track and actually chopping out the middle and basically crossing it over in the middle somewhere. Yeah, so it almost yeah. fades between itself mm-hmm. so that you're matching up the start and the end to the right place. But then the middle is actually crossed over. Yeah. Yeah. I've also created, like, I guess you'd call them little sandwiches, where, uh, <laughs> d- doing the thing that you mentioned. So the the start and end of a track is, is something I want to use, but yeah, it's yeah. long, and there'll maybe be a completely different piece of music that would fit quite nicely in the middle of that. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So, like I say, you're creating, like, a little music sandwich. <laughs> so, um, you've got, so you've got the first 10 seconds of track A. Yeah. You've got the last 10 seconds of track A, mm-hmm. but you've got track B. Yeah. Kind of, like, Playing faded through, into the yeah. middle somehow. Yeah. Like, crossed over, just, like, a cross fade between the two or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, where yeah. it works. Aye. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Aye, there's a few ways of using it, isn't there? I mean, we so we more often than not use uh, unlimited libraries these days, don't we? Mm-hmm. Like a monthly, we pay a monthly subscription for a library. Um, we'll get into the ones we use uh, after just in a wee while. We'll tell you about the ones we use and stuff like that. But just to just to make the example here, when you have access to like thousands of tracks, you can do a lot more of this, can't you? Because you can just pick and choose. You can pull out a wee bit of this, a wee bit of that, a wee bit of this. Whereas in the olden days, like even just a couple of years ago, we were buying tracks individually weren't we paying 30 40 pounds per track in which case you've got a lot less flexibility 
there, don't you? Because you've got to choose it and you've got to get your money's worth or you can only afford to buy three or four tracks and you've got to use them throughout a whole series. So it's quite tricky. So it's given us a lot more flexibility having access to these unlimited libraries these days, hasn't it? Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the good feedback we got from Hostile Worlds was about the music and, yeah. and people would say like, who composed the music for you? Because, Aye. I mean, hopefully it does sound like it was you know, tailored custom for composed. It. But yeah, that, yeah. that's when you know you've done your job properly. Yeah, you've yeah. taken pieces that weren't composed for it at all. Yeah, you yeah. know, they've been probably written for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you've sculpted them so that they they suit it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Uh, how many tracks do you think you used for? So we've had four episodes of that so far. How many tracks do you think you've used in total? Probably averaging about five an episode. Right. Okay. Um, that would. That would be a decent average, I yeah. would think. So you could have so. used up to 20 tracks by now. Because I don't think you've yeah. repeated much, have you? Or have you? No, I try and uh, keep it original. But with the exception of the, the music that I'm using at the start and the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aye, so that's repeating. But I just, uh, because it's a very descriptive show and we're trying mm. to paint sort of pictures in the, the mind of the listener of yeah. these different landscapes, yeah. I think it's nice to have the unique uh, music piece yes. kind of stirs up the, the visions. Yeah, yeah. So even on 20 tracks at our old rate, I mean, we, so we still do use, um, so Jamendo basically is the one we've used for one-off purchases before. Jamendo as in J-A-M-E-N-D-O. You can find it over at, um, if you go to thepodcasthost.com forward slash Jamendo, you'll uh, you'll take our link over there. That's an affiliate link. So if you do use it, we'd appreciate it. We get a wee commission if you buy someone there. Um, Helps support the show. But yeah, so they cost uh, £35 or I think about $45 for a license. So at 20 tracks, that's 700 quid. Mm-hmm. That's a big budget actually for four episodes, basically, yeah. isn't it? Um, whereas when you're using the the monthly services, again, we'll come on to the ones we use um, in a wee minute, they are only, what, 10 15 $20 a month and you can get as many tracks as you want off them. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty handy. Um, let's do, just to be interlude again, I always say this, this episode is sponsored by us. <laughs> sponsored <laughs> by the Podcast Host Academy um, because we're doing highly produced podcasting. Obviously, this is something that we've really grown our craft on over the last couple of years. So if it's something you're interested in, you want a bit of coaching around, then by all means, get in touch. Um, join the Academy, which is our kind of coaching membership community where you get a range of courses, resources, you get live coaching from myself and Matthew, you get a community with a bunch of other really enthusiastic podcasters too. Um, and a few course, a few um, courses in there that might be relevant. We've got our Dasty course, which is your editing course, isn't it? You could do the the video on auto ducking. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, that, uh, so, that does it all for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So if you want to learn how to do these kind of effects, Matthew's got all of that in his Audacity course, which is inside the academy. And obviously, we can kind of talk you through the planning, all that kind of stuff around this type of podcasting. But equally, if you're just listening to this out of interest and you just want to launch your show, you're looking to grow your show, monetize, all that kind of stuff. We've got the whole gamut of podcast and uh, coaching in there. So no matter what stage you're at, we've got someone in there for you in the academy. Just go to thepodcasthost.com forward slash academy. Right. Um, so what else do we want to cover? We we're gonna, we've not talked about sound effects and ambience much yet. Will we do that before we get into where we actually get the stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, for, for factual pieces, uh, sound effects, it, it's not like an audio drama where you're, you're going to be using loads of them, but yeah, I think... Yeah. Used liberally, uh, 
they could be used quite well. And I think it was a few episodes ago we talked about like uh, the the basketball effect and yeah, stuff like yeah, that that yeah. we used at the start of Hostile yeah. World. Yes. So just um, little sound effects to kind of complement what you're saying, yeah. just um, liberally used, could could just add that extra layer of uh, visualisation, I yes. guess. Yeah. Do you know, there's a show, I've often wanted to use it as an example, and I can never remember the name. I need to actually spend a bit of time to go back and find it. But there was a show which, wait a minute, was it, was it The Moth? It might have been The Moth, but I'm, I'm going to go and find out. I'll stick it in the show notes if I find it. But anyway, the principle is that it was just an interview with somebody, but based really heavily on story. So it was an interview where the interviewees wanted to pull out as much of a story around a particular event as they could. So like, um, say I interviewed you about like when you uh, had some dramatic event at university or something like, you know, there's something that I know that, um, that I want to get out of you, a story that I want to get out of you. And you just talk about that and nothing else. So it's 20 minutes just on that. And the principle around this show was that it wasn't just that. It wasn't just a basic recording, but they built a soundscape around it. So they actually, it wasn't acted. It wasn't dra- dra- dramatised exactly, but they did build in the sound effects behind it. Mm-hmm. And the example was, there was a story of a guy who lived through a bank robbery. So they got the story of that bank robbery out of this guy. They just talked him through the whole, he talked through his experience of the whole thing. How did I feel? What did you do? What was the experience like? What the sounds like? What were the people like? All that stuff. And he was describing all this stuff, but there was sound effects of like, of somebody in the background shouting, get down, I've got a gun, all this kind of stuff. Or, or like people dropping to the floor, screams, gunshots, even that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they created a soundscape behind it all. Yeah. So even if you're doing factual interviews, um, teaching stuff, you know, non-drama uh, based stuff, you can create, a, you can add a drama element to it in terms of that soundscape or something. And it doesn't need to be as heavily produced as I'm just talking about. But yeah, like you say, one basketball can suddenly create that image in your mind. But you can go a bit over it. You can have a lot more of that if you put a bit of work into it. Um, And again, these monthly subscription libraries have a lot of these sound effects as well, which we've used in the past. So, yeah. Yeah, even uh, actuality or kind of ambient beds. So if a story's say um focused on something that, that happened at the beach you might just cut in with um uh, five or ten seconds of the sound of waves or like you know stuff yeah. like that you can yeah. you can just um bring these little clips in and they kind of set set the scene a bit more yeah yeah what was that you told me something a while back related to drama which was that you just use a sound effect once and then that's the people there what was that? Yeah, it was that a cow mooing or something like that. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's it's about um, making your point and getting out the road. So yeah. there's an example in audio and there's an example in um, uh, drawing as well, uh-huh. drawing cartoons. Okay. So when you see a cartoon and a character standing next to three rocks, I think it is. Uh-huh. Okay. That demonstrates that you know there's rocks lying around. <laughs> um, but the example in audio. I, well, I think so you do So you don't have to do that again. Keep drawing. You rocks, do it once. Yeah. And it's and it's set. Uh, yeah. And it's like um, in audio. You know, if if the scene opens, uh, I think this was in a book called the Radio Drama Handbook. Uh-huh. Um, and you hear cows mooing yeah, at the start yeah. of the clip. Yeah. You've set the scene that you're in a farm or a yeah. cow's field, yes. and it's not necessary for that cow to keep mooing throughout the <laughs> <laughs> throughout the clip. In fact, it's probably over. It's probably yeah. not a good idea. Send to do the that. cow home. The, the cow's <laughs> cow's done her job. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, just uh, you could you could set the scene with some like quite obvious uh, sounds at the start. Yeah, and they they don't need to be constantly present. Yeah, so again, it's those signposts, isn't it? It's just uh, yeah showing people something and then getting out of the way so you're not distracting. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, actuality is great, isn't it? Like you can, if you go out, in fact, it can actuality can save bad interviews in a lot of ways sometimes in that i mean quality wise like if you go out and record a crowd or something like that or some goods coffee shop actuality so actuality sorry we haven't even explained what this is it's real it's a recording of a real environment so you go to a coffee shop you just put your mic on the table and you record that background noise that's actuality and we could put that here right now behind our voices in the studio and it would make us sound like we're in a coffee shop and if there was a buzz or there's a bark outside or you know if something does ruin our studio environment uh which is quite easily happens here uh we you know you can put that actuality behind it and it suddenly it doesn't matter because it kind of disguises it but I, so that's one way but yeah the other way exactly like you're saying it's the set scene it's to make people feel like they are somewhere as opposed to in this blank space of no noise whatsoever last month i was uh sitting in a pub with my zoom recorder yeah behind them hidden behind the menu people, <laughs> people would be um a bit funny about that, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, one look of the... Like a spy. Fam- that makes you look even worse. It does, yeah. It. <laughs> a, a, a famous British chain pub that doesn't play music. Yes. Um, so it's perfect for getting just that crowd ambience, that yeah. pub ambience. Yeah. But I was sitting next to the to the puggy, to the fruit machine, so <laughs> always going well. And then this guy, he came up and started feeding pound coins in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's another bit of actuality, though. You can use that someday. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, I think he was talking to his pal as well. So <laughs> once you're like once you've tuned into a conversation, yeah. it, it spoiled it. You need yeah. you need to be um, like it. It shouldn't be decipherable. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, well, yeah, that's pretty handy. So, I mean, you get some of that stuff recorded on these effects libraries too. But it's good to get that, get your own of those. To be honest, I think because you can you can really tailor it depending on what you need. Good excuse to go to the pub. Oh, exactly. Yeah, or go and buy yourself a coffee. <laughs> so uh, let's get to the technical bits of it then. Where do we actually get our music these days it's changed a bit hasn't it so we talked a bit about the fact that we used to get it off Jumendo. i love Jumendo, so good like they've got such high quality stuff mm. um again it's the podcasthost.com forward slash jamendo j-a-m-e-n-d-o um i mean it's it's basically there's a whole like hundreds of thousands well hundreds of thousands at least thousands of independent artists that put their stuff out on there some of it for free like there's a fair bit of creative commons mm-hmm. stuff on there actually that you can use but most of it you can buy for a single license of 35 quid maybe 45 50 dollars and you can use that forever and it's really good quality stuff um where, where have you had to bought your single purchase stuff in the past well, most recently, the Epidemic and Audio Blocks. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I mean, so that's the monthly subscription stuff. But like if yeah. you've had to buy individual tracks. I have never, um, never really went that. out and bought a track. So traditionally, I used uh, a site called Incompetech. Uh-huh. Um, and that's all free. Mm-hmm. So a guy, Kevin McLeod, over in, in New York, um, really famous Creative Commons website. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he creates really good stuff. He lets you use it, you know, only by crediting them um the only issue i found with it was uh you know it's really good stuff but everyone's using it so Mm. you lose that level of uniqueness yeah yeah. um because you're hearing his stuff a lot because it's so good and so freely available so i've also um been lucky enough to work with some composers in the audio drama world because it's a it's a very good community very collaborative and uh, a few composers out there have have 
been happy to sort of donate their their time and their work to my work so um (laughs) yeah but never uh, really went out and bought stuff per se yeah so for well for us i mean for the podcast host the uk uk business startup like i said one of our first proper highly produced documentary style ones we got the music all for that from jamendo that was all Jamendo tracks. And we've bought other stuff in the past, but actually I partially go to Jamendo now because I trust the license. I've, I've kind of been stung a few times in the past by different companies that the licensing's actually a bit dodgy. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, for example, it might need renewed every year. So I found there was one that we were using at one point that needed renewed every single year. You had to renew the license and pay for it again every single year. Um, other ones that have license limits, so you can only go for like 100,000 downloads, say rather than unlimited downloads. So you need to actually be pretty careful about that. Um, That's just a stupid rule. How could you police that? I know, it's just... uh, Yeah, I mean, it's very unlikely they ever will, which is why probably people don't bother too much about it but it's just a peace of mind thing so you want you want to know that you're not doing anything wrong basically yeah Yeah, i mean say you're right now uh your show's only getting a thousand listens or something you're only reaching a certain amount of people nobody cares but you hit the big time and suddenly your show's getting a hundred thousand listens and actually it matters people will come after you Mm -hmm. um if you're making money off your show so it's worthwhile making it since it's so easy like just use someone like Jamendo or there's plenty there's other libraries out there too I think um, Music Bakery for example have a, a really good reliable license I know that Music Bakery that is I like the selection on Jamendo and the monthly membership ones um, better but uh, that's another one too but yeah make sure you're checking out the license and uh, that it suits what you're actually wanting to do with it um, but to the monthly ones because I, I don't know why in a lot of ways i'm not sure why you wouldn't do this nowadays especially with so the two that we've used are epidemic and audio blocks isn't it yeah and i we use audio blocks now because well i'm we're actually kind of shifting over i know you're still using some stuff stuff from epidemic but audio blocks actually have the more flexible license so they actually let you download stuff and you can use it forever you don't with epidemic for example you have to be subscribed to yeah. use their music while when you release a new show. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing about these is that people think, do I need to subscribe forever to keep my shows legitimate? Or yeah. like if I stop subscribing to this, do I need to take all my shows down that have this music in it? But the way Epidemic works is that you subscribe for a month and you can release as many shows as you want during that month using that music. The point is you need to be subscribed. You need to have an active subscription when you publish an episode. So when the episode goes out, you need to have an active subscription. As long as that's the case, you're fine. That show can stay up forever. You can unsubscribe the next month and that show is still legitimate. But that does mean that you can't then use that music again unless you subscribe again. But all your blocks, and it seems almost crazy that they do this, but you can basically download 50 tracks from them and then use them forever, even if you stop subscribing. Yeah. They they say that you maybe it's the policing thing. They know they're never going to check up on this. Yeah. So it's like, well, why not just make it mm-hmm. easy for both of us? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I do I do like audio blocks a lot. They've got some great stuff on there. Um, they've sponsored us in the past. They're not sponsoring us now. This is not a sponsored message. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just that I actually like their stuff. Uh, but actually, do you know we do have an affiliate? <laughs> we do have an affiliate deal with them so if you do use them we'd appreciate the support support the show and everything uh, if you go via thepodcasthost.com forward slash audio blocks then um, sign up that way you get a, you get an extra bonus which is a seven day free trial so you can go and try them out for seven days take down some music and uh, give it a shot on your show see if it works for you and only stay subscribed if uh, if you like it 
but yeah, I, yeah, we're using that for all our shows these days, aren't we? Um, okay. So what about when you're exporting it? There's a couple of things around this, isn't there? So as soon as you start using a lot more music, you have to worry a wee bit more about your uh, export sense. Yeah. So with um, our sort of standard podcasts, I'll tend to to mix down an episode at like 96 kbps yeah, mono yeah, so yeah. Um, you get away with that with just a standard speech program and in a sense you're you're helping your listener because you're not needing to use all their data to, yeah, yeah. to get the podcast but when you're yeah. putting a lot of effort into making a highly produced show you probably do want that um extra level of quality in there even if not many people would probably be able to tell. Yeah. Like th- th- there was a test online uh, not so long ago that I did, and it was it was to do with kilobits per second, and it it played you the same clip but at different bit rates. Was this that website? You mean it gave you a test? Yeah. So it showed it let you it played them all at different ones and asked you to tell which one was better. Yeah, yeah because yeah. you'll get a lot of people out there like sound engineers and that that, yeah. that claim that they could tell you. <laughs> And uh, I can tell the difference between 96 kilobits per second and 120 every time. <laughs> but um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy. I certainly got a few wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So even a, but it, but when it does become a wee bit more obvious or more easy to tell is with a lot of a lot of stuff in there, isn't there? With more music, yeah, more sound effects, more vo- so voice overlapping music with a couple of sound effects in there. Suddenly mm. it becomes it can use those extra kilobits <laughs> and that that's something i've learned over the years is because i always joke about doing a final listen on a production yeah, so yeah. i've created an audio drama or a, a show that's taking 30 hours yeah, yeah the final listen it's actually 30 final listens yeah. because you're always tweaking stuff <laughs> but what i used to do was do my final listen at my um, computer so yeah. in adobe edition so i'm listening to the, the source and what you're better to do is like um, mix it down to an MP3, stick it in Dropbox, and listen to it on your phone because yeah, yeah. that's the consumer. That's how the consumer is going to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll know then that uh, uh, you know an, an MP3 might cause a little glitch or an artifact in your yeah, audio, yeah, yeah. and you might be able to pick that up and, and hopefully go back and rectify it mm-hmm. at the source. But if you're just listening to the session, the chances are nothing's going to go wrong in yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I'll tend to. I'll tend to mix down audio dramas at 192, mm-hmm. uh, although if I've got space issues, I'll go down to like 128. Yeah. Always stereo, um, but like I say, with speech, just, you know, this show, I'll, I'll do it mono. Yeah, yeah. Do you actually use, this is kind of a tangent, but do you use uh, stereo effects in your audio dramas much? Yeah, um, I, w- I was a, a serial panner back in the day <laughs> when I learned how to pan stuff yeah. um, and went a bit mad with it. But it's <laughs> it's uh, it's uncomfortable, I think, yeah. uh, to the listener. Hey. It's just it's just impractical sometimes too, because sometimes people are listening only in one ear, or you know they're in the car and one of their speakers is broken. Like you never yeah. know, do you? I yeah. could. I hear that a lot, and it's a totally valid point, and I can forgive people for that with standard speech podcasts. Mm-hmm. I would say if you listen to an audio drama with one ear, but you don't deserve to enjoy it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you heard it here. Matthew has now banned all people who don't listen with 300 pound headphones <laughs> yeah. in a silent room to his audio drama. <laughs> yeah. So put that on the record. <laughs> yeah. But the point, the point's well made. Like, yeah, the more highly produced your show is, the more worthwhile it is. 
putting extra KBPS into uh, exporting at a higher level just to make sure the the quality is sustained. But yeah. you're saying no, certainly no higher than one nine two because I mean that's CD quality. No, or is it? Yeah, no. one nine two is what you'll find on CDs yeah, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I think it used to it used to it be, be three twenty. Oh, really? No, I, 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 I don't. It was higher, I don't think they ever do three twenty. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. What so? One two eight is actually quite high for a podcast, isn't it? So one nine two is like kind of premium quality, I would yeah. say, isn't it? Like because ninety six for a voice is actually more than enough. And the thing is, as well, if you're making a show like this, the chances are you're not doing it every week. Because yeah. again, I mentioned yeah. uh, space and storage. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got a limit of fifty meg in your media host, yeah, you could very quickly at a higher bit rate. You know, one episode will knock that out. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. Aye. Or even, I mean, you're talking about people's data plans and stuff like that. I mean, it's less of a consideration these days, isn't it? Because most people get pretty decent data and, or just download them at home. But My wife hears it, not, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but <laughs> she was listening to, I'm not going to call the podcaster out, but it's a famous, it's a famous health show. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was downloading episodes on the way home from work, not uh, on the Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, for, I can't remember what I was doing, but I looked at one of the files of this show and it was 320 kbps. It was yeah, the yeah. highest you could throw. <laughs> Basically a WAV file. And I said to her, like, by the way, you're, you're just downloading these things yeah. on the data. And I said, that would be huge. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, that is, yeah. that's way over, over the top, isn't it? That's, like, there's no, there's no reason to be doing it that high. That's what happens when people hire, like, really good, um, sound tech like a sound engineer who works with music somebody gets them and they're obviously brilliant sound guys or sound girls um but they they opt for 320 because they just don't think they don't know podcasting yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. or they just don't know what they're doing and they just do the standard settings in their their (laughs) editing package yeah (laughs) okay cool anyway so um yeah 128 if you want to go up a wee bit and 192 if you want to sort of make sure top quality and you think people will be listening at home with good headphones and you know it makes a difference so okay uh last thing um i wanted to cover was uh something that we've covered already and it's in our notes twice matthew yeah how did that happen (laughs) cool right i think that's it for the episode actually is there anything else you wanted to cover no i I think all that remains is for me to decide uh what kbps to upload the episode as this one yeah, we'll go at th- try, th- try 32 and see what happens. See if anybody notices. <laughs> Eight bit mono. Yeah, all good. <laughs> okay, cool. I hope that was useful. This was a longer one. This was, uh, we're almost 40 minutes on this. Um, but it's a big subject, really, isn't it? Music. And it's not something I, I think we've covered on Podcraft before. Certainly how to use it well. Yeah, so I hope it's been useful. So. Yeah. But if you find it useful, I'd love to hear it, actually. Get in touch. Um, give us a tweet at the podcast host and let us know if you've listened right through this episode, if you've got something out of it love to hear from you um again you'll get the show notes if you want to follow up on the resources uh any of the the advice then go to podcraft.net podcraft.net forward slash 906 and final mention the academy yeah if you want to come in the academy we'll give you the coaching the courses everything you need to do this kind of podcasting or just to launch your show get it out there monetize it grow it as well we could do all that in the academy through courses through live coaching through the community go to thepodcasthost.com forward slash academy and breaking our own rules on three different calls to action as always <laughs> what do we know <laughs> okay cool thanks again Matthew that was good fun I enjoyed talking to that stuff 
Until next time, we'll see you for some more highly produced podcasting chat. Thanks for being with us. 